want to welcome all of our campuses to week two of our series entitled Mind Games. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. Man, we're fired up. So glad to have all of you. I want to talk to you today about one of the most important truths as a Christian. Before I jump into that, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Maybe recently you've said this statement or this question, what do I have to do? to stop the crazy thoughts in my mind. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with somebody recently, and they actually said that to me. They said, Pastor Steve, I have so many crazy thoughts in my mind. What can I practically do to stop them? Here's another thought. Maybe you've recently dealt with this. Why do I feel like my life is just up and down? Up and down. I feel like I move forward two steps or three steps, but then I move back four steps. Why is it that emotionally I'm just on a yo-yo, up and down, up and down? Today I want to talk to you about one of the most powerful truths in the Bible that helps us going from instability to stability. What is the power that can take place in our soul when our mind is actually renewed? I wanna talk to you about the power of mind renewal. It's interesting, I was at a seminar one time and it was so similar to Christianity and yet it left out Christ. It was actually a business seminar and they were talking about the power of your thoughts. That what you think about determines what you feel. And and I I remember just kind of right in the middle of it thinking to myself, at any point in time, are they going to actually give credit to God? I, I literally thought to myself, I thought, I mean, it just, it sounds so biblical. And the reality is, it is. The fact of the matter is, is that those Those thoughts that go through your mind. The Bible actually says this in Proverbs chapter 23. Listen to what the scripture says. Powerful scripture. It says, for as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. One of the challenges that I had as a young believer, I I knew I was a Christian. I knew that I'd been saved and and Christ had forgiven me of my sin, but yet... I, I still struggle with shame for my past because, because I'd have these old thoughts, watch this, these old thoughts that would come kind of across my mind's view, and all of a sudden the enemy was just right there to condemn me and to shame me, and then tell me this, if you were saved, you wouldn't be having those thoughts. Oh, man. Oh man, I just I just felt so uh, so ashamed, and, and and then I and then and then I thank God for great men in my life that began to disciple me and began to teach me what the Word says. That, that my mind can actually be renewed, that, that I can feel differently, but I don't start with feelings. I actually start with my thoughts, that, that my life today is consisting of what I'm allowing to go on in my mind. And when I get saved, my heart changes, but my head doesn't change. And the moment I get saved, I actually enter into this thing called the process of mind renewal. Oh, I, I, I just, I pray that every young Christian, and I want to say that to every one of our campuses, I pray that every young Christian gets a hold of this truth. 
Hey, by the way, you don't have to be beat up by the devil for a year or two years or three years until you get this truth. The Bible says that we can be transformed. Everybody say transformed. We can actually be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Question, have you experienced that? Have you experienced that in your life? Your mind, your thoughts are powerful as plants spring up from seeds. Our actions in our life, watch this, spring up from thoughts. Had a conversation with a guy one time. He says, I don't like where my life's going. I don't like the direction of my life. I don't like the, I, I don't even like anything about my life. I don't like what I have. I don't like where I've ended up. I don't like what I don't have. And I stopped right there. And by the way, he was a Christian. And I said, you have what you have today. You are where you are today. You're doing what you are doing today because of what you've allowed to go on in your mind. And I told him this, and I'll tell you this. You have the authority in Jesus Christ, watch this, to control what goes on through your mind. Uh, Martin Luther, the great reformer, said this. He says, it's not the birds that fly over. Oh, no, you may not be able to stop a billboard or something that pops up on a computer, but can I tell you something? You can, listen, it's not the birds that fly over your head, but you can definitely make sure those birds don't make a nest. You can control what goes on in your mind. I believe there's one main difference between those that end up succeeding in life. And when I call success, it's Bible success, peace with God, happy family, all the things that people want to be reasonably prosperous in life. I really believe that the difference is, listen, it's not IQ, it's not EQ, it's not where you started, it's not where you went to school, it's not your education, it's not your context. I really believe that the difference between somebody that succeeds versus those that don't is what they've allowed to go on in their mind. I really believe that with all of my heart. Henry Ford once said, if you think you can, or if you think you can't, either way, you'll be right. Literature and history are filled with men and women that overcame incredible odds. They, they overcame, they achieved things, they, they made a mark on their generation and, and it wasn't, listen, it wasn't because they didn't have to grapple with handicaps, many of which had handicaps, many of which dealt with abuse, rejection, abject poverty as kids, not educated the way some of their friends were, but there was a difference. Somebody goes deaf at 28 and they end up being a, a genius composer. Guess what? Their name's Beethoven. 28. Deaf, have a person from an African-American background in a society filled with racial discrimination in the 50s and 60s, and guess what? All of a sudden, you have a Martin Luther King Jr. You have somebody locked in a prison cell, and they write Pilgrim's Progress, one of the greatest Christian books of all time, and you have a John Bunyan. Oh, if you're in prison, you can't do that. If you're born on the wrong side of the tracks, you can't do that. If you didn't have the right education, you can't do that. Call him a slow learner, even handicapped. Write him off as illiterate. You have an Albert Einstein. 
place them in abject poverty, have them fail time after time after time after time after time. You have an Abraham Lincoln. Burn them so severely in a schoolhouse fire that doctors say they will never walk again. And you have a Glenn Cunningham who set the world record in 1934 for the one mile, four minutes and six seconds. Don't tell me that handicaps, listen, can, can cause you to not achieve in life. Uh, don't tell me that if you didn't have the right deck of cards. Somebody told me this one time. It just blew me out of the water. They actually said, Steve, you just got lucky. I got lucky. Lucky? What are you talking about, lucky? That, that's the mindset of people. Those that have versus those that don't have. Those that achieved, those that overcame sin versus those that didn't. Those that did whatever it is. No, I, I, I want to... I want to say as your pastor, every one of our campuses, it's because what they've allowed to go on in their mind. Yeah. You are where you are today. You have what you have today because you, what you've allowed to go on in your mind. You can't control everything that happens to you in life. You can't control the weather. You can't control what family you were born in. You can't control your IQ. You can't control that. But what you can control is those things that happen to you. You can control your responses to those things. You can control what you do with those things. Yeah. Question. I want everybody to look at me. What are you allowing to go through your mind? As a person thinks in their heart, so are they. Wow. The power of the mind. Today I want to talk to you about thought patterns and to see if we have what's called stinking thinking. It's a term you've probably heard. Because I believe as a follower of Jesus, I'm so grateful as I've walked with Christ over three decades, I'm grateful that I was discipled. I'm grateful that I was poured into by great men. And, and Pastor Doug Arman, one of those who's our great pastor at, at the Little Creek campus who taught me how to memorize scripture, and taught me how to get in the Bible, and taught me how to speak the word, and taught me how to stand on the word, and taught me how to reject negative thinking and put on new thoughts. I came out of the world. I, I didn't grow up singing kumbayas 11, 12, 13. had a lot of sin that was marked my life, a lot of stuff, a lot of rejection, a lot of fears. It, it, but, but, but with the word of God, I, I learned how to take off the old and, and to put on the new. In other words, I learned how to build foundations. Everybody say foundations. I learned how to build a biblical foundation in my mind. And I learned, I learned, and by the way, I'm still learning. Pastor Steve, when is your mind ultimately renewed? When you go to heaven? The sanctification process, that's a big theological term. When does that end? When you die and you see Jesus face to face. But oftentimes, the things in our life that we don't want, we're just dealing with the cosmetic issues. We have the same problems in our relationships. We have the same problems financially. We have the same problems with the sin. We have the same problem. And the problem is we're not dealing with the root. There was a couple that bought a beautiful house, and they were all excited about it. And one day they were sitting in the kitchen, and they saw there was a crack in the kitchen, and they called out the contractor, and the contractor came and 
brought the painter. They re-sheetrocked some areas, and they painted it up, and they were all excited. That happened two more times. Finally, they got a little bit fishy. I thought, time out. There's a problem here. And they went and got an engineer. The engineer came and said, oh, there's a problem, not with the wall, but with the foundation. You can fix the wall all day long, but until you correct the foundation, you're going to have the problems in the wall. You can go as much as you... You can put Band-Aids on a marriage. You can put Band-Aids on a relationship. But until you go to the foundation of our thinking about God, about ourselves, about our hope, about our future, until we get out what needs to get out and get in what needs to get in, the, the wall's going to continue to crack. The wall's going to continue to crack. <laughs> Pastor Steve, wasn't I saved? When I, wasn't I changed when I got saved? Of course you were. Your heart was changed, but your head wasn't. I want to say this. If you can get one truth today, I'm going to give you about three or four, but you got to get this truth down. When you got saved, your heart changed, but your head wasn't changed. You got to see that. And that's where Christians can get all messed up. They think, well, Jesus changed me. My name's written down in the Lamb's Week of Life. Praise God. But guess what? Your mind wasn't renewed. You renew your mind, Christ changes your heart. If you can pull up the chart real quick, I pull this up all the time. I believe the Bible teaches that when you become a Christian, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Pastor Steve, what part of me became new when I became a Christian? I'll tell you what part of you. It's your heart, your spirit. In the, in the scripture, the word spirit and heart are used analogous. When you get saved, boom, your heart, you're born again. Right there. But let me tell you what didn't change. Your mind didn't change. Your emotions didn't change. Your will, you start submitting to God, but your mind, you still have thoughts you got to deal with. Now the cool thing is you have power on the inside to deal with what's happening. You have the Spirit of Christ. And as you put truth in your mind, the Spirit of God on the inside and the truth that you're memorizing, the truth that you're applying, now begins to renew your mind. You're dealing with the foundational issues. Well, Paul, Paul said something that was so powerful and he talked about, he talked about what we have to deal with. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up Romans chapter 12. One of the most important foundational teachings. And I know at all of our campuses, we have so many new people and thousands of people that are watching online each week. And we are so grateful to have all of you. When you give your heart to Christ, you are born again. Your spirit, everybody say spirit. spirit. Your spirit is changed. It is immediately changed. You are saved. Your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You cannot save yourself. Christ saves you. He washes you with his blood. You trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross. But, but your mind still needs to be renewed. Romans chapter 12, I'm going to pull out three things from this. Foundational truth. I am so grateful that I was discipled as a young believer. And by the way, I'm still in this. I'm still growing in this. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. How many of y'all grateful that, that we're not where we used to be? Can I have a big amen? We're not where, we're not where we used to be. We're, we're, not, we're not where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. We're growing in the Christian life. The Christian life, we go from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength. Had a guy tell me one time, he goes, I'm a mature Christian. I said, I'm not. He said, I'm a mature Christian. I said, well, praise God, I'm not. He said, you're a pastor. I said, that doesn't mean anything. I said, I'm not a mature Christian. I'm a maturing Christian. What does that mean? That means we're going from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength. I've said this for years. You're in a crock pot. It's low. 
You remember that? I told you that my mom put everything in a crock pot. If you were in the 70s and your mom was a teacher in the 1970s, you ate out of a crock pot. Everybody say maturing. So your mind is being renewed. That's called the process of sanctification. You're justified when you receive Christ. You're, you are, you are just, it's just as if you not sinned. You're right in the eyes of God because of the blood of Christ. But sanctification is a setting apart of the mind, will, and emotions. And it happens throughout your walk with Jesus. Yeah. Romans chapter 12. I am so excited about this. This is, this is so foundational. When somebody gets saved, they give their heart to Christ. Right after they get saved, boom, teach them this truth. The power of renewing your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, Paul writes this. Talking about replacing toxic thinking, unhealthy thinking, sinful thinking with God's thoughts. Oh, oh, if a believer can start thinking God's thoughts, the whole life will change. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, fully and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. Don't be conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to test and to approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I think it's important to note a couple things here. Paul was writing this to the church at Rome, a group of Christians. This is not being written to unsaved people. It's being written to Christians. And he tells Christians, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. It's Christians he's writing to. He's talking to us. Those that have trusted Christ as their Savior. I want to give you three keys to renewing your mind out of this. Let this be a foundational truth. Pastor Steve, how important is, is this? If somebody gives their heart, if you lead somebody to Christ, the very first teaching I'm telling you that you should teach them is how to renew your mind. I'm going to teach you practically over the next 15 minutes. This is a foundational truth of how to walk with God, the power of renewing your mind. Number one, the first thing that Paul would say to us is that we've got to surrender our total life to God if we want our mind renewed. Our total life to God. Three keys to renewing your mind. Look at verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. Isn't that interesting? In your body is your spirit. In your body is your mind. In your body is your will. In other words, your whole self. Your bodies is a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And that is your true and proper worship. The Bible talks a lot about sacrifices. The Bible talks a lot about, in the Old Testament, talks about sacrificing this and this sheep and this lamb and all these, you know, doves. You know, you know, you know the difference between a living sacrifice? Listen, guys. Do you know there's between a living sacrifice and a dead sacrifice? Here it is. This is deep theology. A dead sacrifice is dead. Y'all got that? Wasn't it powerful? Ooh, pastor, you're deep. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. All right, here's the difference between a dead sacrifice and a living sacrifice. Can I tell you? Can I tell you what a living sacrifice can do? A living sacrifice, don't miss this, can crawl back off the altar. Did y'all see that? Well, I don't like that. 
I'm just going to take my, I, I don't like that. What is it? He's alive. Well, he's a living sacrifice. <laughs> Paul says that we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and proper worship. What does that mean? Somebody who renews their mind, number one, they're all in. They submit their heart to God. They submit their mind to God. They submit their body to God. They submit their dreams, their hopes, their failures. Every part of who they are, they, they submit it to God. And they stay on that altar. They don't get off. It's worship. You guys know worship. You, you know, you'll go by some churches and say, worship service times. I think we may do that. I, I don't know. Worship services at 9 o'clock. Worship services. So we think of worship Often as a moment, you know, worship, depending upon your background, if you grew up Christian, sometimes people think of worship as the service, like the whole hour, or some people think worship is like the 20 minutes of singing before the message, but they think of worship as a, as a moment. Paul, Paul says, your reasonable act of worship, watch this, is to stay on the altar. You know what happens to a lot of Christians? They play what I call hokey pokey Christianity. Come on, skate country. How many of y'all remember skate country? Y'all ready? You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. You put your left foot in, you put your left foot out, you put your left foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. You get, listen, listen. You get on that altar, you turn around and get off. You get on that altar, I don't like that. I don't like what the preacher said. I don't like how they treated me. I don't like that message. And that's where I'm running away. Pokey Christians. Why are they calling me all the time from the small group people? Like, leave me alone. It's because we love you. Trying to help you. Don't be a hokey pokey Christian. I remember when God touched me in 1973. How about 83? How about 93? You got off the altar. I'm deconstructing. No, you're weird. You need Christ. If you're saved, you stay saved and love God. And if you're hurt, listen. And if you're hurt, and if you're hurt, you get healing. Go to freedom. People say, Pastor Steve, have you ever been through deliverance? How many times? When I went to Bible school, I answered every altar call for everything. If you thought a bad thought, if you whatever, if you enjoyed taking Halloween candy one time, this preacher came in. I said, I just, you know, I mean, this is 1991, whatever. And I was just like, I, there's something that was attached to that Tootsie Roll. I don't know. My point is, my point is, I'm pressing in. I don't want those devils on my life. I don't want that lust on my life. I don't want that rejection on my life. So I'm going to say it again. Don't be a hokey pokey Christian. Stay on the altar. Ooh, that was good preaching. I kind of like that. Okay. 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 Point two. I only have three points. Sorry. You're never going to forget this message. 
Number one, surrender your total life to God. Stay surrendered. Just stay surrendered. Number two, transform your thinking. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. This world has a pattern. This world has values, mores, customs, ideologies, philosophies. This is world. Paul said it right here. But Paul said, don't be conformed to that. Don't buy into that. We don't buy into the mindset of the world. That's what Paul said. That's what the Bible says. It says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed, conversely. Well, how am I going to be transformed? By the renewing of my mind. The word conformed, watch this. It literally means, I want everybody to see this. Here's what it means. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world. I remember as a kid in art class. I don't even know if they had this anymore. But we would, we would build little like, like molds, you know, like with wood and stuff. And then we would pour into that mold plaster Paris. Do they still have plaster Paris? Is that like in the 70s it went out? I'm serious. I don't even know if they have that anymore. And it was, we pour it in, and then we, would take, then we would take the mold off, and it would be stuck. Here, here's what Paul says. Don't allow your life to be poured into something that the world has already designed for you to think like. Does that make sense? Don't, don't, do, don't do that. Because they're going to tell you how to think, how to feel, how to act. Don't, don't do it. Paul says don't do that. Don't allow your life to be poured into that. Because if you do, not good things happen. Conversely. So don't be conformed. Conversely, be transformed. Be transformed. Now, watch this. This is so powerful. The word transform is the Greek word metamorpho, where we get the English word what? Metamorphosis. Now think of it. Here's the analogy. I should, have, I should have brought a picture. Caterpillar. Butterfly. Wow. In other words, hey, don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Saved, but still dealing with rejection and shame and lust and fear. And then you, then you get your mind renewed. Your mind renewed, your mind renewed. You come out bold. Your mind's getting removed, you come out confident. You get your mind renewed, you come out, I know who I am in Christ. In other words, in other words, it's the mind being renewed. That's why the enemy torments Christians. They don't have renewed minds. You're not saved, so you gotta come back to the altar again and get saved. You gotta get saved again, you gotta get saved again. No, you don't need to be re-saved, you need to be renewed in your mind. In your mind. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, here's what you do. Paul says, put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on. Everybody say, put off. put off. And then put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness. So to renew your mind, number one, you cannot play hokey pokey. You got to stay on the altar. So if you're in and out, 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 it just it doesn't work that way. You have to stay committed to God. Just stay all in. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're on the altar. What does that mean? It's like, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my life. Here's my body. Here's my dreams. Here's my... Just stay, stay all in to God. All right? Number two, you're transformed as you renew your mind. How do I do that? I've got to, everybody say, take off. 
Everybody say, put on. Here's where a lot of Christians ah, mess up. They want to put on, but they don't want to take off. My wife is incredible with kids. She's a teacher. She's incredible with kids. I was, she was so good with all of our children, particularly when they were so young. I mean, she still is. But, I mean, I was just like, she was so good. Nurturer, you know. And I'm like, I'm going to hold them. I'm like, I don't want to touch the soft spot. You know, they get to... <laughs> Seriously, I was just like, I was like, oh, did I get too close to it? And so I remember the day that she let me have, you know, she's like, I'm going to leave today. You're going to have Isabel. Take care of her. <laughs> Elizabeth! I thought, I thought, I didn't know what's going to happen to me. And so she, I was so scared. I was like, if I, if, you know, just hold her leg, it could break it. I don't, I just, I don't, I just, I don't want to do anything wrong. So she went to the bathroom. Not number one. Can I say that in church? Is that all right? Can I do that in church? And I'm like, I am not taking anything off because I could break her leg. Something could happen. I just said, you know what? We're going to fix this up real quick. I just put a diaper right over that one. And I, I did. I just confessed it in the house of God. Is that wrong? I'm like, I am not doing anything that could. Of course, you know what happens there. Only so long. That is a picture of what a lot of Christians do. Had a guy tell me once, it recently, I said, man, I'm really trying to get in shape. I'm really trying to get in shape. And he told me this. He goes, Steve, your problem's not the weight room. Your problem's the kitchen. Ooh, how does that apply? You got to take off and put on. You can work out all day long, but if you don't, Steve, you, I just, I, I'm just telling you, like 10 o'clock at night, like a demon spirit hits me. I'm going to eat cereal. <laughs> I'm serious. I like, I can't stop sometimes. I get barbecue chips. I'm like, ah, like, okay. Oh my God, this is crazy. Jesus. And. So in other words, renewing the mind is not just putting on new thoughts. You got to take off the old. Where are you going? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What movies? I mean, just what, what are you exposing your mind to? Everybody, everybody say, take off. Everybody say, put on. So renewing the mind is rejecting the old and it's embracing the new. Three R's to renew in your mind. Responsibility. We have to be responsible. God can't fix what we won't own and admit. By the way, let me just say this couple thoughts. We are only, this is important, as sick as our secrets. And by the way, we want to admit it to God and somebody trusted in our lives. You don't go on the internet and admit all that. But somebody, a small group, somebody that's, maybe it's a counselor, a pastor, but I want to get it out. Get out what? I'm going to take responsibility. Even if horrible things happen to you, you still, have to have you still have to take responsibility for your reaction to that. Number two, I've got to reject. 
Number three, I've got to rescript. Pastor Steve, how do I renew my thinking? I've got to be responsible. I am where I am today. I have allowed those thoughts to germinate in my mind. I have to own that. Even if they were suggested by somebody else, even if I heard that scripting growing up, I've got to own that I've allowed it. I can't, I can't move forward till I own it. Now, the cool thing is, now I can start rejecting it. I can start pulling it down. Early in my walk with God, I dealt with shame because of sin, things that I did I was ashamed of. And boy, the enemy would come back and try to shame me, and I had to rip that down. That's not who I am anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ, but I had to reject. And by the way, I had to make sure I didn't go to some of those places that reminded me of my past. Remember this. Play toys, playmates, playgrounds. Just remember that. Where are you going? Who are you going with? What are you doing when you're there? Yeah. I had to change all three of those because I was involved in so much sin. Yeah. And number three, to rescript. How do you rescript? How do you put on? Everybody say, take off. Everybody say, put on. How do I rescript? I'm almost finished. Here it is. The number one way to rescript your mind. By the way, neuroplasticity. You can Google it later. There is a whole science that will now tell you. Listen, remember what I talked about in the beginning? The Bible said thousands of years ago what medical science has proven today. Neuroplasticity. It says, in essence, that you can watch this. You can create new neural pathways in your brain and think different thoughts. This is purely secular. If a secular person is telling you you can re-script your brain... How many know the Bible definitely tells you you can do that? They got it from the Bible. It's called renewing the mind. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I'm giving you the number one power tool. Everybody look at me. The number one power tool to rescript your thinking, to create new neural pathways in your mind, to uproot shrubs and trees and to, to, to jerk that stuff out and to, put, to plant new oaks of righteousness in your brain, new thought patterns. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what God told Joshua. He was scared. He had to take over this church with a million people called Moses' church. It was, it was the children of Israel leading this thing in. And God told him, he said this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Pull it up, all the campuses. This book of the law shall not depart from your what? Everybody say it. Mouth. But you shall meditate. And by the way, biblical meditation is never just thinking. It's speaking. It's actually, all the people who live in the country know it's, it's, it's conceptually, it's like chewing the cut. It's like, a, I think a, a cow has four or five stomachs, I don't know, a bunch of stomachs. And they chew something, put it in one stomach, put it in another stomach, put it over here, stomach. Does that make sense? That's the concept here. You, memorate, you meditate on a scripture, you memorize it, you speak it out loud, then you memorize it, then you speak it out loud. Then, what are you doing? You're chewing the cut. What are you doing? You're meditating in the Word. You know what you're really doing? You're re-scripting your neural patterns to think differently. Oh, and by the way, when you think differently, you'll start feeling differently. Yeah. Everybody say responsibility. You are where you are because of what you've allowed in your mind. That's okay. You can change that. Christ will change your heart, but you've got to cooperate with Him as your mind is being changed. Number two, reject. You got to reject it. You got to reject it. If I want to be spiritually fit, it's not just going to the gym. I also got to say no to some things. We've got to say, we've got to say no to some things. We've got to tear down some things. We've got to, we've got to change some habits. Where are we going? Playgrounds. Who are we going with? Playmates. What are we doing when we get there? Play toys. 
You just fell on the bike. I want to challenge you. I personally couldn't go to the French Quarter to eat for about 15 years because I partied so much there in high school and college. It was the smells. It just, I was like, I can't go there. I can go there now after I pray in the spirit for about 30 minutes, build my faith up. But, 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 but it, because it was so associated with sin for me, I couldn't go there. Does that make sense? Don't go to places where you used to sin a lot and to, just build your strength up. So run from that. And let me give you the last one. So what did Paul say? Paul says, surrender. Don't be a hokey pokey Christian. Number two, don't be conformed, be transformed. And here's the last one. So that you may fulfill the will of God for your life. How many of y'all want to fulfill the will of God for your life? Come on, would you raise it up? Raise your hand. Okay. I want everybody to look here. How many of y'all have ever realized that God's fulfilling God's will for your life, don't miss this, is contingent upon renewing the mind? It's the Bible says. I hate that we have to feel so responsible, but that's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 12, and I'm done. Do not be conformed to this world, the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, may, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. The good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God. I, um, I don't believe in what's called the Doris Day doctrine. Whatever will be, will be. I don't believe that. I believe that we need to press into Jesus and fight the good fight of faith Paul talks about and stand on the word of God and rebuke the enemy and rebuke old things and, and, and embrace new things and embrace the truth of God's word and, 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 and get around Christian community and small groups and be in the house of God, be in the presence of God. And, and, and as we do, we begin to walk in God's plan. We begin to, yes, God has U-turns and God will get you back on, but why even have to get off to get back on? Just stay on. Just stay on track. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but stay on track. Yeah. So what have we said, and I'll close. Everybody say surrender. I'm asking as your pastor, by the grace of God, don't be a hokey pokey Christian. Stay in the game. We've all been hurt. We, we can get healed, but don't, don't disconnect from God. Don't disconnect from church. Don't disconnect from Christian people. I'm shocked when I hear about somebody that used to walk with God. And I'm not even going to get into the theology. Were they saved? Were they not saved? I don't even know. Here's what I do know. They're not walking with God today. And it breaks my heart. Maybe they were unwilling to address some things in their thinking. I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you, it breaks my heart. Even some people that I got saved with 30-something years ago. I'm like, where are they? Surely they can't be enjoying their life. Well, I know they're not. You don't have to go back. You don't. Don't be like Lot's wife. Keep your eyes on the kingdom. Come on, how many of you know we can keep looking forward? We don't ever have to go back. We don't ever have to go back. Everybody say surrender. Everybody say renew. Everybody say walk in God's will. Just go ahead and bow your head if you could. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. If you do not know Christ, every one of our campuses, I have one moment. You're not sure about your relationship with Jesus. You're not sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God. I'm going to pray with you. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. I'll tell you who can. His name is Jesus. 
Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before him? To count of three, all of our campuses, all the campus pastors are on stage, but where you are with God, this is for you. If you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. To count three, would you just lift your hand up high so I can see it? One, two, three, quickly. Hold your hand up high. God bless you right there. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, you, and you. Anybody else? Pastor Steve, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship. God bless you guys at top. God brought you here today. God brought you here today. Both of y'all and the young lady on the, in the middle. Jesus loves you. Cares about you. Church family, let's pray. Come on, let's pray with all those that are trusting Christ right now. Can we do that? Everybody say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past. And I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Let me just pray right now. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for the sealing work of your presence and the word of God going deep, deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing message. And we don't want to pass by this moment without acknowledging those of you who are making the decision to follow Jesus. This is the greatest and the best decision you could ever make. And as your church family, we just wanna celebrate with you and say congratulations. And hey, we've got some more good news for you. You don't have to do this alone. We would be honored to come alongside you and, and help resource you and answer questions you might have and really just get to know you as you begin this new life with Christ. So if you just made that decision today, man, let us know. You can click the link in the chat room right now, or you can text the word decision to the numbers 822-822. And one of our pastors would love to follow up with you and hear your story. And whether you're making a decision to follow Jesus or you need to talk with someone, maybe you need some encouragement or maybe just to process life, we would love to have the opportunity to speak with you and to pray with you. So if you're watching this live, go ahead and let one of our hosts know in the chat room. Well, with that being said, we are gonna go ahead and wrap up service. We cannot wait to see you guys next week. Have a great week.